0: You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. If they're going to waste their time calling me, well, I'm going to make it my entertainment.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Hacking Humans podcast. This is the show where every week we look behind the social engineering scams, phishing schemes, and criminal exploits that are making headlines and taking a heavy toll on organizations around the world. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire, and joining me is Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Hello, Joe. Hi, Dave. Later in the show, we've got Joe's conversation with someone named Shannon. Just Shannon. She deals with telemarketers in some pretty unique ways. And we are back. Joe, before we get to this week's stories, uh, we get letters. We We get get, letters. We get letters. Lots
2: of letters. Yes. we have marketing back to David Letterman. uh, He still
1: on. Yes. And uh, in this case, uh, we're actually starting to get jokes. Good. Uh, Yeah. Listeners are sending us jokes. So this is from a a listener named John, and he said, thought you could use this on one of your podcasts. Evidently, this is from uh, the Reddit group Dad Jokes. <laughs> John knows us jo- knows us well. <laughs>
2: right, yeah. I believe it's called a subreddit. I think that's what the kids call it.
1: I see. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. Over on the Reddit. So the joke is how did the hackers get away?
2: I don't know. How did the hackers get away?
1: I don't know. Guess they just ran somewhere. <laughs> Thank you, John, for sending Uh, in that joke. (laughs) That's a good one.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm laughing too hard at that one. Harder than I should be. Yeah. Let's
1: jump into our stories here. Uh, Joe, I, I'll kick things off this week. You know, when you run a company, you, one of the things that you want to do is register your trademark. Yes. With the Trademark and Patent Office. And here at the Cyberwire, we did just that when the company was spun up. We registered the uh, trademark for the Cyberwire with the logo and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a letter recently in the mail, and this was uh, from the Patent and Trademark Bureau. Bureau. Trademark Bureau. Right, but it's
2: actually Patent and Trademark Office, isn't it?
1: Well, this is from the Patent and Trademark Bureau. They're mm. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, okay. United States of America.
2: All right, my flags are already up because right. I know it's the PTO, Patent and Trademark Office, yeah. and it's in I think Alexandria, Virginia.
1: Well, this is their website is uh, Patent and Trademark Bureau. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. .com. There's mm-hmm. another red flag. So there's a
1: very official-looking correspondence here uh, sent to our company, and it says, your trademark is about to expire, renewal date, September 2018. And there's a lot of uh, official wordage here about how patents and trademarks work. Uh, And it says, please return this document with your signature and or company stamp on the appropriate space if you would like to renew your trademark. Your trademark will be renewed for the period of another five years. The renewal fee is $925. And it goes on and says a bunch of other things. It has an actual picture of our logo here. They took the CyberWire logo and put it in here. Very official looking. However, this, as you have already uh, predicted, is not from the actual Patent and Trademark Bureau. Right. There is some fine print here. (laughs) Oh, there's fine print. <laughs> there is. It says, "By signing this document, you automatically empower Patent and Trademark Bureau to renew the trademark stated above on your behalf."
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: So here's what it comes down to: these people are not the Patent and Trademark Office. They are not. This is a, no. This is a very official-looking letter.
2: How long ago did you file the trademark for the CyberWire? Mm, 2013. So the timing is right. Okay. What well, it's not, though, because a quick Google search reveals that trademarks last 10 years.
1: Well, I think the initial renewal is 5 years, between the 5th and 6th year. Yeah, yeah. So that part makes sense. So okay. these these folks, you know, somehow they're they're pulling up a probably a list of
2: They're probably getting this list from some publicly accessible database that it, PTO runs. Exactly, exactly. But they
1: want to charge you $925 to renew this on your behalf. Mm-hmm. The actual price <laughs> for
2: the actual retail price <laughs> exactly. is
1: exactly without going over <laughs> the actual retail price is
2: $100. Bum, bum, ba, da, bum. Right.
1: So this is a scam. It's it's right. fr- it's uh, very interesting to me that in the fine print they say who they are and what they're up to, but it's a misdirection.
2: These folks yeah. are up to no good. Yep. They're they're looking to make a quick eight hundred dollars off Dave Bittner and the Cyberwire. Right. That's right. That's right. And it is a very official looking. All all of the
1: paperwork involved with this is very official looking. There are barcodes on it. They have a phone know. number?
2: Uh, they do. You should call them and say, Hey, how many people actually do this? How many people <laughs> actually fall for this? Right. That would be great. I think you should uh, uh we live in Maryland, so we can't actually call them without telling them you know, record them without telling them that we're recording this. But yeah. maybe you tell them you're recording it and saying, I got a question for you. And actually, they'll probably just hang up.
1: Yeah, probably. Well, you can report these sorts of things to the Federal Trade Commission at ftc.gov, which and is I'm, where government the government websites, right? Right. So if you, if you get one of these in the mail, just be wary. I get the lesson here is there are a lot of these types of scams going around. I'm not even sure
2: this is illegal. Well, that that's the thing. I think the cloak of legality on this is that they're just providing a service to complete the registration for you, and they just charge an exorbitant amount. People that's right. are free to pay it or not pay it. That's true. But, but it's still It un- is it is scam. It's a it's scam. It's immoral. Total yeah. scam. <laughs> right, exactly. This exactly. is an illegitimate business model in my opinion. Yes. And I have real ethical concerns with it. Absolutely. There you
1: go. So just beware. When you get these things in the mail, especially in busy day to day goings on of a company, it's easy to see something like this and think it's just just another fee that you have to pay, something right. from and the federal government. A check and- just get yeah, get this off your desk and off you go. So beware. There right. these scams are out there. Yep. All right, that's what I have this week. Joe, what do you have for us?
2: This week, my story comes from Garrett Brown at WTHI in Terre Haute, Indiana. Garrett Brown, inventor of the Steadicam? No, this is a different Garrett Brown, I oh, think. okay. This, this man is much younger. I see. A woman named Jennifer Stowe received a call that looked like it had come from the Park County Sheriff's Office. Okay. The number was right and everything. Right. right? Oh. Mm. Okay, this is another another scam call, right? Mm-hmm. The caller says they're from the Sheriff's Office and tells Ms. Stowe... That they have a warrant out for her arrest for failure to appear for jury duty. Mm. And, of course, she could either pay a fine of $900 or go to jail. Those are the two choices that they give her. Oh, wow. The scammer mentions the name of a judge who allegedly signed the warrant. And it's the name of a judge that Miss Stowe knows. Miss hmm. Stowe knows the name of this judge. Okay. Right? So this actually lends it a little more credibility.
1: Right. Right. So Miss Stowe had had I don't know some some run-in where she had to appear before a judge and right so she was familiar with this the she name knew of this who the judge. judge was okay
2: during the conversation they start probing her for more personal information including financial information to pay the fine and like give me your bank account number what's your routing number what's all oh. this other stuff they yeah, whatever it is give me your credit card number they also had her date of birth and they had an address where she lived 16 years ago now Miss Stowe is a smart woman mm-hmm. she recognizes that the address is 16 years old. Right. And that tips a red flag. How long have you lived at your address, Dave? Mm, About 12 years now. I've lived at my address for 14 years. Mm -hmm. So in two more years, a 16-year-old address for me will be a valid address. Mm. Right? So Mm. if somebody says, you know, Mm -hmm. your address is this, and they're looking at 16-year-old data, or right now if they're looking at 14-year-old data, it'll be the correct address. Right. Right. Right, So I see how this scam works. But because the address was old and because they were prodding her for financial information that was not really relevant to a, a warrant or anything, she you know had enough red flags to go, okay, this is a scam. Here's what they had on her. They had her name. They had her date of birth. They had an old address. And they had the name of a judge that she was familiar with. And here's what I think happened. Okay. I think they went to the Indiana court system's website where you can just search through judicial cases. Right. Right. In Maryland, your date of birth, if you've ever been even, I think, traffic tickets... Hmm. are in are listed in there and your date of birth is in that system in maryland
1: okay and this is a public database it's a public you can database go, can, it's public you can, you
2: records go search anybody's anybody name anybody can search it this information find, is not hard to come by
1: right legitimate reasons why this information is in the public record correct yeah
2: so if you've ever been party to a lawsuit and it's not just being a plaintiff you can be or not just being a defendant you can be a plaintiff you can mm. be a witness mm-hmm. and your information may be in some state's records. Okay, So they go out, they search these things, and then they start making scam calls based on all the information that's really easy to collect. And it's remarkably Mm well-targeted. So it's just another scam call, but I think the angle of using the judicial case search is an interesting angle, and it's a great place to find lots of stuff. I'm not sure maybe this stuff should be online. Maybe it should be something where you have to go to a courthouse to find it. But then, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to think about that. Of course- the sheriff's office is trying to catch the scammer. They, they probably won't catch this scammer. This scammer may not even be in the United States. A phone number is remarkably easy to spoof when you're making a call. Right. Okay. They, they do warn about giving out personal information on, on a phone call. So I have some tips from Joe here. Okay. <laughs> One, never provide any information to inbound callers. Okay. Right? I, I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. And remember... This, I've said this before. I'll say it again. No government agency will ever call you about a warrant. They will just show up to serve you with it, mm-hmm. whatever kind of warrant it is. If you're going to get served with a notice to appear or you're going to get served with an arrest warrant or you're going to get served with a search warrant, they're not going to call you before they show up mm. because that provides you an opportunity, particularly for arrest and search warrants, to change the situation, like be difficult to find or right. get right. rid of any contraband you may have. <laughs> right. I have an anecdote about this. Okay. I I received a telephone call on my cell phone from someone claiming to be my insurance company for my medical insurance. Okay. They may very well have been for my insurance company. I said, you know, I don't provide information to inbound calls. And the person on the phone said, we understand that. It's a security risk. You can give us a call back. Call us back on the number that is on your cell phone.
1: On the caller ID. On the
2: caller ID. And I said... Right. <laughs> never do that. Right. Never right. do that. That is uh, that is the worst thing you can do. You're calling the scammer back if it's a scammer, mm-hmm. right? This person was probably from my medical insurance company because they wanted to talk about something that was that was good for lowering their costs, right? They weren't yeah. they, were, they were looking to to save themselves some money based on the uh, content of the call, but never call back the number that they call you on. Look the number up. Right. Right. And call that number.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Better safe than sorry. Correct. To make that extra extra step, that extra call to make sure you're actually talking to them. Yep. And how many times that happens, you call them and they say, no, we didn't call you. That's when you go, oh, hey, thanks for that information. Yeah. All right. Another good story. Let's move on to our catch of the day. My favorite part of the show. So this week's catch of the day was sent in by a listener. Uh, His name is Ravi and he's actually in India. And he said, hello, this is one of the fishing I had recently received. Uh, And it goes like this. Hello, dear. Do you know about Vet Oil Liquid? It is available in India for medicinal use. We need up to 100 to 200 liters urgently. Our company is using it for research and development of cancer and weight loss medicines. We used to buy from Yemen, but now we are not getting supplies because of the crisis in Yemen. Recently, my friend found the contact of seller in India, Mumbai, through a reliable source. Their product is good, and their price is also cheaper than the price we used to buy from Yemen. But I don't want to refer my company direct to the seller because of the profit involved. I am looking for someone in India who can do the business with me, and the profit would be shared between us. If you can buy the product and resale it to our company, we would make a huge profit." Our company director will also send the purchasing manager to make the purchase of this product from you over there in India. If you are willing to do this business with me, I will refer my director to you as the supplier and also send you the main seller contact where you can get the product in India. You will be like a middleman between our company and the seller in India. It is 100% genuine and legitimate, so you don't need to worry about anything.
2: Whew, man, I'm always glad when they tell you that.
1: I will guide you throughout the entire transaction, which should be completed within a week or two weeks. And it's signed, Miss Nicole. All right. So, (laughs) first of all, thanks, Robbie, for sending this in. This is a good one. Not unlike the uh, Nigerian Prince scam, I suppose, the promise of profits through becoming a partner in some sort of business, a
2: get-rich-quick scheme, right? No business is ever going to introduce a middleman. Mm -hmm. If this guy actually does work for a company and knows where he can buy the stuff cheap... Why would he increase his costs by involving a middleman and funneling money to you? Why doesn't he just buy the product directly from the supplier in India? Mm-hmm. Why does he need another supplier in India? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't.
1: But you can understand how people could fall for this. Sure. The, oh yeah. The promise of a quick buck, the reassurance that it's 100% genuine. Well, that's, that's
2: <laughs> what that's what said. That's what makes me want to send this guy an email. Yeah. Is uh, it, it, Oh, good. He, he said it's 100% legitimate. Right. Well, legitimate. It, yes.
1: He wouldn't lie about no, that. No, of course not. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sending that in, Ravi. That is our catch of the day. And we're back. Joe, you handled the interview duties this week. Tell us who you're talking to.
2: I spoke with Shannon because I heard through the grapevine how she enjoys wasting the time of scammers who call her. Hmm. So I thought it would be good to just to get her on the show and see what she does and, and get her techniques, because we've talked about this in the past, where if we can change the economic proposition for scam calls to make them to the point where they're not profitable by wasting their time, then perhaps we can actually, as a society, put a dent in it.
1: All right. Well, let's check it out. Here's your interview with Shannon.
2: When was the last time that you had a phone call come into your number that you actually got the opportunity to uh, waste somebody's
0: time? Oh, just yesterday. I work from home, so I have a lot of phone calls that come in. Their target time is usually during the day, I believe, when most people are gone for some reason. But being that that I do work from home gives me a chance to interact with quite a few of them.
2: And what was the nature of this latest call?
0: The latest one wasn't too horrible. It was a utility scam where they're trying to convince you that they can lower your utility rates. For that one, um, I do like to waste their time. I figure if they're wasting my time, I'm going to waste theirs right back right. and try to discourage them from calling me back because it doesn't seem to matter how many do not call lists you're on. They're, they're calling regardless. The biggest thing that I do is ask questions. Okay. Okay. The more questions that you ask them, the more time it's taking and the more they feel that they've got you on the hook. I never have any intention of following through with any of it. So I make them go through the whole process. Tell me all about this. How is this going to work? You know, how did I how did I qualify? Um, As soon as they ask me a question, I respond with with a question every time. You know, they'll be like, well, do you have Toledo Edison? No, I don't. And go right into. But tell me, you know, how did I qualify for this? How are we doing this? You know, how are you guaranteeing this lowest rate? You know, what is your lowest rate that you're guaranteeing? Just come back at them with questions immediately because then they feel obligated to answer that.
2: And that costs them their time and they, they don't move on to the next person.
0: Exactly. You know, I don't have the utility companies. They have no idea that I live in a small town that has private utilities. So I have a lot of fun with the utility scammers because I get I get them to the very end. You know, I'll, I'll be 15, 20 minutes into it. See, now, how does this work considering That, you know, I'm on these private utilities. How will that work? Oh, well, we can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then why are you calling me every week? Because I've been through this with you people.
2: Have you ever gotten a tech support call?
0: I get those. I do. Are you talking the Microsoft? You have a virus and you need to give us your credit card so we can fix it.
2: Right. Exactly. Those calls.
0: Yes, I do get those. And for a long time, I just simply hung up on them. I mean, I know better than to know that it's real. But then I got tired of it, so now I try to waste their time, too. The best one I did was probably actually just a couple weeks ago. I got one, and I kept the guy on hold by having basically a one-sided conversation with my cat, which sounds weird. But I just kept telling, hold on just a second, hold on no, just a second, and would ha- carry this side conversation on with the cat, who, of course, didn't answer. Right. But But just kept him on hold, basically, for probably 15 minutes before he finally got that I was never actually going to come back and talk to him. Right. Or also with them, I I let them go through the whole spiel. I immediately will turn my computer off if I'm doing that. Right. I don't want them to actually get in, but I will pretend as though I'm going along with it. Sure, you know, oh, 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 well, it's not doing that. No, it's not telling me that answer. Oh, oh, my gosh, this is really broken. I'm glad you called, you know, (laughs) and let them feel like you're going along with it. Right. And then you finally at the end say, did you get the location to somebody in the background? And then they hang up pretty quickly.
2: Oh, okay. So you actually put the fear in them that you're tracing the call back.
0: I do. I do. I, I'm to that point where I do. Um, those are those are the most frustrating ones because I think that I know that there are elderly people that do fall for that who I know personally that have. And, I, you know, I feel awful that, that because they are very convincing at right. times. And I don't want people to fall for that. So if I can make their lives just a little harder, I will.
2: We talked about changing the economic game for them on hacking humans. So the idea is that these people go through a hundred no's to get to the one yes. So they get, they go through a hundred people that just hang up on them and realize it's a scam. And then the hundred and first person they start talking to when you just hang up on them, you actually, even though you're, you're protecting yourself, you're actually doing them a favor because if you spend time with them that they then can't capitalize on that they don't have a payoff at the end, you change the game because it's really easy to go through 100 no calls to get to the one yes call. But if those 100 no calls each start costing them 15 minutes, that changes the economics of it entirely.
0: Right. I agree that that's honestly partly why I do it. You know, I don't want to make it easy for them. I don't want them to think this is an easy job scamming people. They're going to have to work for it a little harder. I mean, obviously, we'd love to see them stop, but I don't think that they will. You know, I've even figured out ways to keep the robocalls that you get online longer. They are only set up to respond to certain responses. Mm-hmm. So you come up with responses that they don't know what to do with, and it keeps them on a loop. One, one word, possibly. Possibly, they don't know what to do with. They're not sure if that's a yes or a no, and it will keep them on a loop for hmm, sometimes 10, 15 minutes.
2: So as long as you keep saying the word possibly, it stays on.
0: Yep, because they keep asking, you know, are you interested? possibly, you know, never, ever say yes, because then they have you recorded as saying yes. And who knows what they're applying that to. Right. If you say no, they hang up right away. Right. Keep them on the hook. You know, you just basically reversing the game onto them Mm -hmm. is what it's about. And that's what I do. I, you know, I don't do it, you know, as a job. It's just if they're going to waste their time calling me, well, I'm going to make it my entertainment.
2: What is the funniest thing you've ever had happen doing this?
0: Oh gosh, I think the funniest one I ever had was one of those timeshare places. Have you ever gotten those calls where you win a free cruise or a free vacation?
2: I get the ones where it's like a, a horn blowing in the background, or and you've got a free cruise. I the automated calls.
0: That's actually a scammer call right there, but I'll just hang up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I absolutely hate that they started using local numbers.
2: Yeah, the the neighbor number. The first six digits are the same as your phone number.
0: Yes. They've even I've even had some come through with actual names of people like we live in a very small town, so I know everybody in town. And I've even had some come through with that had the people's names on it, but then ended up being like a robocall. So, you know, and I've let those people know, but what do you do?
2: Really? You've had, like, people you know have shown up on your caller ID, you answer the phone expecting to find, say, John from down the street, and it's a scammer? Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's only been recently. That's been within the last couple months. And I, mm, I think about three or four that I've gotten like that. But that's scary. I don't like that. I mean, I don't like that they're they're becoming that advanced, that they're actually using people's names and, you know, That those names are coming up on caller ID. I don't want people thinking that, you know, if they're using my number that I'm calling them with some scam. Right. So, and it does make it, especially, you know, people are more vulnerable to the scams. I think it makes it easier for them to scam them because they're like thinking, oh, this is, you know, Mr. Don't free. That is terrible. Anyways, back to um, the funniest one was I had an actual person call, tell me I won a cruise. You know, this girl, she was young and very, very excited to tell me that I won this free cruise, or had an option of like four different ones. Which I knew it was a timeshare scam, but she didn't know that I knew. So I just asked questions. I asked, I, I made her go over every single option for every, for each of the different choices. You know, tell me every detail you could find about each one. And she tried to push me on, but I, no, no, no. But tell me this. And I kept her on the phone for about a half an hour before she finally got really pushy and wanted, well, she wanted my credit card. And I said, well, what for? Well, you know, it's like $99. And I said, well, you told me it was free. Well, but you have to pay this. Well, no, you told me it was free. I can argue with the best of them. And I ended up insisting she put her supervisor on the line. I thought, I'm just going to keep this going as long as I can and get her supervisor on the line and she's arguing with me and probably the total call was probably at least 45 minutes ended up with the supervisor so angry she's cursing at me yelling at me telling me that you know she's going to she's going to just take me off their list they're not dealing with people like me anymore mission and accomplished Yes, exactly. Mission accomplished. And she hung up on me. And I never did hear back from that company again. So I think she did take me off the list.
2: That's awesome. Um,
0: that was probably the most fun one I ever did. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's a daily thing. I, you know, I probably get 10 to 15 calls a day.
2: There's no shortage of people calling you.
0: No, no. And then do you get the ones online? I don't know if men get them as much as women. I women do. I know we get a lot of them on like Facebook where you get the instant messaging. And it's some oh. guy in Nigeria, but he's within five minutes madly in love with you. My and wife gets
2: those frequently, yes.
0: Yes, yes. Those are fun because I always turn it around because they want you to send them money so that they can come here to visit. Right. And I turn it right around. I know I don't want to be here. I want to be where you are.
2: Send me, send money. me
0: money. I'll come to you. <laughs> Awesome. Nobody ever has.
2: Nobody. Yeah. (laughs) Surprise. Right.
0: (laughs) No. So, but no, I absolutely, you know, I listened to that podcast and I absolutely agree. It needs, you know, something needs to be done. And if, you know, even if it's a person here or there, that's wasting their time and making it less profitable for them do it by all means.
2: Shannon, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time out of your
0: day. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Shannon's certainly having a good time out there. I, I guess we should mention that Shannon didn't want us to use her last name. So Correct, that's yeah. why we're just referring to her as Shannon. Uh, I have to say, first of all, Joe, how do you know that Shannon wasn't just uh, stringing you along and taking well, up your time? That could she- very well be, but I think it was time well spent. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm happy that um, we have folks like Shannon out there who both have the time to do this and enjoy doing it. Right, and I think, as she said, engagement is the key here, to string right. them along. And she's using social engineering against them.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I love the part with having a side conversation with the cat. I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it could go a long way with that.
2: I think if I did that with one of my cats, the the cat that I actually interact with the most, they would quickly catch on that it was a cat, because this cat has the a conversational way of interacting with you. Like, I'll say something to her, and then she'll meow. And... <laughs> Maybe maybe it would be even better if you can just convince them that you're just insane on the other end that you, mm-hmm. you know that you you are the kind of person that talks to cats and
1: right. Be good yep. way to be taken off their list, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I
2: love that at the end <laughs> when she's talking about how she infuriated the supervisor and they said, "I'm going to take you off the list." <laughs> <laughs> I win. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: they fell right into her trap.
2: I also love when she says, "Did you get the location to somebody in the background?" And then they mm-hmm. quickly terminate the call. That's great. That's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, interesting. She was talking about the spoofing of local caller IDs. I haven't seen that myself.
2: I haven't seen it either, but I, I don't doubt that that's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to spoof a local number. I mean, we get right. these neighbor call numbers all the time, right? Where it's the first six digits are the same. I, I don't know anybody who has the first six digits of my phone number other than me. Hmm. So I know immediately it's a scam. Hmm. And uh, they get my old lady voice, if it's anybody, <laughs> when I answer the phone for them. Yeah. Uh, it's, most of the time, it's a robocall, though. I will point out a couple things Her Stringing people along with the use of the word possibly is great. But another key takeaway is don't use the word yes, Don't use yes, because Mm -hmm. there are other scams out there like the can you hear me scam where somebody is. Can you hear me? And you go, yes. And they take that segment of your voice and then they sign you up for other services by using your Mm -hmm. voice. And And then they have
1: proof that it was your voice. Right.
2: Exactly. So Mm -hmm. don't say yes. Don't say yes.
1: Mm. All right. Well, uh, that was a fun one. Uh, And thanks to the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute for their participation. You can learn more about them at isi.jhu.edu. The Hacking Humans Podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technology. Our coordinating producer is Jennifer Ivan. Our editor is John Petrick. Technical editor is Chris Russell. Executive editor is Peter Kilpie. I'm Dave Bittner. And I'm Joe Kerrigan. Thanks for listening.